0: Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood and thank you for joining Faith and Family. We have a show in store for you that I think is very important, especially for your children as they get older and head into middle school, high school, college and young adulthood. I'm going to try to tackle Something that very often isn't addressed, but I am seeing as a main cause, a main cause for the salt losing its savor here in the United States and leading to the collapse of the Catholic Church. Because if we're losing our young people, upwards of 60% of those who are raised in the church depart. This is not a long-term vision for success. Here's what Jesus said about the salt losing its savor from Matthew 5. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, how shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden underfoot of men. You see, if something goes wrong in the church, it can lead to a basically decay, a decline, an erosion of our culture. The American culture, hear this, I'm gonna probably repeat it at least once in this broadcast. The American culture is not primarily influenced and directed and sustained by the ballot box. Don't get me wrong, I vote pro-life in every election, local, national, and everything else. I'm not denigrating that, but what keeps a culture from going in the wrong direction and declining and collapsing is the church, Christians being the salt of the earth. Now, what I'm gonna deal with today, I'm gonna to be a little strong with this because I don't like to see people get hurt. In fact, I, I read on one website, somebody was writing about something I said or a broadcast and they said, Steve is usually pretty easygoing guy, but this time he seemed to really get pretty worked up over something. Well, I'm worked up over the topic today and it's the topic of theistic evolution. You think, well, what's the big deal with that? I think it's the big deal. I'm thinking that theistic evolution is the main cause for the salt, the church, the influence of Christians, especially the influence of the Catholic Church to lose its punch, so to speak, its power to withhold a culture like the American culture. Now, This isn't just a Catholic problem because theistic evolution has basically invaded both Protestant and Catholic circles. So to try to combat, and I'm saying combat, theistic evolution, not in our culture because cultural wars are tough. Sometimes if you fight them, primarily through the ballot box, you get a reaction, okay? And those reactions can be used by the opposite side, wanting to take our culture in a non-Christian direction. But if the church can make itself vibrant and full and faith-filled, then we really have something to do. Now, this is an ecumenical problem, and it can be an ecumenical solution, but I am particularly addressing Catholics. Obviously, this is a Catholic broadcast, but theistic evolution is taught, I would guess, in something close to 90% of our Catholic schools, parishes, and seminaries, even our conservative ones. It's also taught by many mistaken apologists trying to defend the faith. Now, this is where a mistake is made. To simply tell a young person there's no conflict between science and faith, or to say, there's no conflict between true science and faith, and just leave it at that. Because a young person's gonna think to themselves, well, what is true science? True science is what the National Geographic says it is, what public schools says it is, what museums say it is, what everything I see on TV says it is. Is that true science? And if they're saying there's no conflict, that means that evolution is true. You're tagging a little adjective on there, theistic, to make it sound pious. For those who aren't thinking things through, But young people aren't stupid. They are alert enough to realize there's a tug of war going on and they need to be fortified. So you just need to go beyond declaring there's no conflict between true science and faith. What is true science? What is theistic evolution? What is intelligent design? And sharing with them exactly what that is, and maybe giving one fact. When I was in church as a as a teenager, I don't remember hearing one single fact on why God may have created the world and the universe. Not one. I did hear there's no conflict. Okay, fine. But I think this is such a mistake. And why do I say this? This isn't just from a book. Uh, this is from personal experience. And I've shared this, but um, this is really, really important to me. And it should be really, really important to a parent of a child who's gonna become a teenager or a college student or a young adult, hear this. We moved to Florida And I was in a catechism class up in Pennsylvania, where we moved from, and my dad arranged for my sister and I to meet with our Presbyterian minister, who was a good guy, and we were assigned by him to go through the Apostles' Creed. And he said, this is a good, and it was a good summary of the Christian faith, and he asked us to come back with some questions. And I had two questions. One was very minor, but the big one was, how does the beginning of this creed, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, how does that square with evolution? And as I say, he was a good man, and I I do believe he believed that God created the world and everything in it, but he just kind of mentioned how great God was, and I mean, that was good. There's nothing wrong with that. But I was a teenager getting evolution in school. And when I heard that, I thought, honestly, that was a religious cop-out. I did not tell my parents. I did not tell my minister. But at that point, I checked out. I was about 13 or 14 years old. And wasn't until 21, by the sheer grace of God, I came back. And there's a few times in between there that uh, I very foolishly put my life at risk, that I may not have, as somebody told me that I had been created by God, and if I was created by God, then God has a purpose for me. There's a purpose for this world. This makes a huge difference. So how do you get through the very first line of the Apostles' Creed, and live in a world where 24-7 a young person is bombarded with evolution, and you just give them a sentence or two, there's no conflict, there's no problem. They know there's a problem. It's a very big problem. It's a huge problem, and here's, here's the, um, the strategy, so to speak. The strategy is you simply go for the absolute foundation of the Christian faith, and it's right here. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and you go with that. And you take that one out and hope, if you're the enemy, that Christians will ignore that and pretend that you can get on with all the rest without that foundational belief. Here's what the Bible says about foundations, from Psalm 11. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And here's my point. This is the point of this broadcast. Hear me very clearly, because there's a lot of people who may disagree with me. What can the righteous do when the foundations are destroyed? nothing, absolutely nothing. Now, it's going to take some time, maybe even a few generations, but nothing can be done. The entire faith will collapse. If you take out the foundation of a building, it will collapse. If you take out the foundation of Christianity, it will collapse, and the foundation of our beliefs is God as creator of heaven and earth, and if he isn't, and you just pretend that it's okay, then young people will think, oh, this is religious make-believe. And no, very dutifully, I kept going to church with my parents, but I had checked out. There was this huge disconnect between faith and reality. And, you know, give me one reason or maybe even five why God created the earth and the intelligent design movement is giving you hundreds of reasons to believe this, starting with your own DNA. But I'll just hold off on that just a second. Let's go to another foundational document, the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of the black matter from which the Big Bang came. No. No maker of heaven and earth, and listen to this, of all things, all things, visible and invisible, all things visible and invisible. That is not theistic evolution. I'm sorry. And to say there's no conflict between faith and theistic evolution, you can't recite the first line of the Nicene Creed. And a little further on in the Nicene Creed, well, you still can believe in Jesus. That's all that counts. Well, it isn't. We're supposed to believe in the Trinity. But further on in the Creed, I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, through whom all things were made, all things, not the original matter from which the Big Bang came from, all things he made. And then let's talk about the Bible. Imagine the Bible is a skyscraper, okay, like the Empire State Building. Many floors, many books, many chapters, many words, but the foundation is Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Want to erode the Bible? Well, Psalm 11 tells us what happens if the foundations be destroyed what can the righteous do? Not a thing. It takes a while for this to permeate and work through a culture, work through an educational system, and capture the minds of many Christians who are willing to basically compromise and put up the white flag regarding faith in the modern world, faith in God as created. Now, What's one of the hot topics right now in our society? Well, they want to teach transgenderism in school. I read in Oregon, they have a transgender closet. So you can come to school without your parents' knowledge, you go in a closet and uh, dress yourself as the opposite gender and practice being a trans, okay? Now, why is that wrong, okay? Um, Well, why not be trans? Genesis 1, again, the foundational book, 127. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. Well, if you're going to zip out the first book of Genesis 1, why in the world should I pay attention to the male and female he created him a little later in Genesis chapter 1? This fits together, and you don't need to get to the superstructure going through the entire Old Testament and New Testament ending in the book of Revelation. No, you you don't need to get out of the first chapter of the Bible before you have major problems stemming from eliminating God as creator. Uh, In case you're wondering how important this is, Jesus is recorded as saying in Mark chapter 10, for the hardness of your heart he wrote you this precept, and he's referring specifically to Moses. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. You see, if you don't know where you came from, what you are, what your purpose is here, you're adrift. And our young people are taking the worst of it. We've pretended it's okay. And honestly, if you were in the 1950s and you're a Catholic school teacher of science or whatever, or a priest and preaching, how do you reconcile all this stuff? And theistic evolution might have been a good stopgap before science caught up with God. And once we know how complex the human cell is, and how much information is is in just a single strand of human DNA. We wouldn't say this came by random chance because you could roll the dice for eternity and it wouldn't wouldn't be there. And so once you have a purpose, then you can look to your creator to how to live a purposeful life. Okay, why not homosexual marriage? Uh, Supreme Court says it's okay. I think it's up to, well, it's over half of Catholics and probably significantly more of Catholic young people thinks homosexual marriage or so-called homosexual marriage is okay. Supreme Court said it. Genesis 1 is not to be taken as historically accurate and true. So what about this next chapter of Genesis about, you know, God causing a deep sleep uh, to come on Adam, and he took one of his ribs, and he from the rib taken from man, he made woman and brought her to the man. And God said, this is, Adam said, excuse me, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Therefore shall man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and they shall be one flesh. Okay. Well, we got to the second chapter of Genesis. We can solve the same sex marriage. We can solve the trans problem if we have a foundation in Genesis 1-1. But if you take out the foundation, now as adults, you've lived your whole life with a halfway sane world, but it's not the same world for young people. The full-scale assault on taking God out of the picture is going nonstop. But somebody might say, now Steve, you don't expect me to believe the fairy tale that God created Eve with a rib from Adam, do you? I mean, you don't expect me to tell my children that, do you, I'm talking about my teenagers. I mean, maybe little kids, but not, not anybody has any education. Now, hear me, if you're old like me, I can excuse you for thinking that this whole deal about God taking a rib from Adam and making Eve, you, you, for thinking it's a fairy tale. But anyone who has studied genetics in the 21st century for at least an hour should have no trouble believing Genesis 2, where the different roles, but the creation of Eve from the rib of Adam. Why? Well, we now know that rib cells are rich in bone marrow stem cells containing all the genes necessary to form a new person. You see, Adam's genes would have an X and a Y chromosome. So all God would have to do is to delete the Y and double the X and presto, you have a new and improved human being called a woman. Uh, Why aren't kids taught that? If you're studying genetics, could you stick that in there? Now, do you think, or does it seem to you that many Americans are losing their minds. And I, I'm talking about in a very real way. I know what shocked me, I've been in the Navy and I remember seeing a bunch of very high-ranking Naval officers standing around a man who thinks he's a woman and is dressed in a female Navy uniform and being made a four-star admiral from a trans man who thinks he's a woman. I mean, only a culture who has lost their minds would think such a thing is normal. Why is this? Why could we get to this level of insanity? Well, if you look to Romans 1, the last half of the first chapter in the epistle to Romans, it says that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, in other words, a, a self-conscious holding back of truth, because what may be known of God is manifest to them, for the invisible things of him, God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. We understand God by looking at a sunset, the mountains, a river, streams, birds, a baby, you name it. These are things that manifest the goodness, the power, the wisdom of God. And so when this is denied, St. Paul says they are without excuse. And when you don't glorify God as God, as creator God, it says they became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. This is what happens. If you turn from God as creator, the most objective reality there is in the universe, and pretend whatever they're teaching in theistic evolution land or straight evolution land, you're going to eventually be living in a culture that loses its reason. And not just that, because the moral consequences of that, it says then God gave them up to base conduct, men with men and women with women. If you take out Genesis 1-1, then you get the problems later in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. And this is what was going on through the pagan world. And we're returning to paganism unless we get to the root and the foundation of what led to this. So I want to be as clear as I possibly can. Leave no doubt here, okay? No matter whose name you pull in next fall's election or the presidential election in 2024, and again, I vote in all of them, no matter who you pull that ballot for, our country is kaput. When you get to the level of legalizing with the highest court of the land, same-sex marriage, if you think that public schools are a great place to experiment with trans, and you can't in the churches teach that God is the direct creator of all things in the world, then you're done. It's just gonna be a question of time till it works its way through society. Now, Genesis, What it teaches is exceedingly important. Here are two verses from the Gospel of John that every parent should get. I mean, when I say get, not just be able to find them in your Bible, you should put them in your mind, but also get that this is going to determine the outcome of the faith life or the non-faith life of your children as young adults John 5, verse 46 and 47, Jesus speaking. For you, if you had believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? Jesus said, if you can't believe Moses, it's going to be impossible to believe me. And you see, we're living in a day in the Catholic Church and Protestant churches where people think they can get away with this. There's even many commentaries and Bibles and and seminary classes and everything. Well, Moses didn't even write Genesis. So if you don't believe that, Jesus says, How are you going to believe me? Now, let me be perfectly clear for a second time. All right, this is where I'm going to get in trouble. But any case. The $28 million Eucharistic Convention will not stop the hemorrhage of youth from the faith until the foundation of God as creator of all things, not of the initial matter, but the creator of all things, like the Bible says, like the creeds say, is reestablished. All you need is a space of a few generations, and you can't have John 6, the bread of life, truly my flesh and my blood without faith in John 5. If you don't have five, six is going to go. You can't restore six without restoring five. You can't restore the faith without going to the foundation. Just mention real quick, Sunday school. Protestants have done this. I would wish anything Catholics would do this, but they they did a survey, and young people who attend Sunday school And good evangelical Protestant churches are more inclined to accept abortion and homosexual marriage and a bunch of other weird stuff. And they're also more inclined to accept theistic evolution than kids who don't even go to Sunday school. You see, the damage that can be done by well-intentioned, and I'm not saying they're bad people, they're well-intentioned people trying to bolster the faith in God as creator by saying theistic evolution, like God set it off and evolution took care of developing everything. No, it's the direct act of God. And that research also determined that many of these students from Sunday school— are leaving in about middle school years. Long before college, they're gone. That's exactly what happened to me. So what we want to do is restore the foundation. And in Hebrews eleven three, three, it says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen made of things which do appear okay? So, not made of things which do appear. We have to restore the foundations of faith, starting with Genesis 1-1. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 390 of Faith and Family Radio. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org and to learn more about Catholic family life.